Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. What's goody, Hot Breathverse? Welcome back to Hot Breath. I'm your host, comedian Joel Byers, and our episode today is a throwback episode. In fact, the next two weeks will be. Right after recording my comedy special, I did a two-part Q&A interview with myself and the director of the comedy special, answering your questions and sharing our own behind-the-scenes experience of self-producing a comedy special to give you the tools to do the same. And I'm reposting these two episodes for the next two weeks because hot brethren Gene Jackson recently purchased my comedy special and told me this was the episode that inspired him to do so. So I'm hoping that this will inspire you to maybe go check out my comedy special linked in the description of this episode and inspire you to produce your own comedy special. So buckle up and enjoy. This is an exciting one. This one has been meaning to happen and the timing is just now perfect what you're going to experience today are comedian and director sharing their experience producing a comedy special independently i had no idea what i was getting into (laughs) yeah nobody did nobody did yeah but i think what's what's interesting is just how organic it all happened as well i mean like i you you would listen to hot breath I got invited to come onto your podcast, and I'm talking about wanting to record an album. Right. And then after our interview on your podcast, The Daily Stack, right? You're like, "Yo, I have a production company. We could just make it a special." Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I was I was in the process of like going through the thought that I wanted to start my like journey into making films mm-hmm. of some sort. And I had always grown up, I was telling you before we started recording, that like I had grown up a fan of comedy and comedy albums and watching, you know. Like I watched uh, Red Skeleton with my dad. Like, oh, like yeah. Old school, old school mm-hmm. uh, stuff. And um, so like that just kind of was one of those moments where we were mid-conversation in the podcast and I was like, oh, this is a perfect fit for what I want to try to do. And... Um, as you know, a lot of people know about me is that I take things to eleven. Mm-hmm. I tend to take things way too far, <laughs> and so I um, that that that's where I was like, oh yeah, sure, I know exactly how to do all this, right? And, and so we just went straight head first into it. I was I was pretty excited. You've been doing this for what ten years? Ten years, yeah. I released the special on my ten year comedy anniversary, so we recorded it. Um, was it November? That everything's a blur. It was yeah, November. Everything is definitely a blur. It's a blur. Like uh, yeah. Christmas was like three days for me. Like yeah. I just I have no <laughs> idea what day it is right now. Like it's Groundhog Day for me. Yeah. So this this will be well, this will come out pretty much like three days after the special is released. So you guys can go pick it up in the uh, the link in the show notes or um, on JoelByersComedy.com. But really, the whole mission was do everything independently. And inspire other comedians to do the same. Well, and it's something that, like, I, I by trade and, like, the way that I've been able to pay for everything that I've been doing is I have a marketing and advertising company. 
And the thing that I've been pushing a lot of things towards my clients is that you're capable of being your own production company at this point in in time. Like Mm -hmm. it's like what you're doing here, this whole process, you have the capability to be your own show and, you know, brands have that same capability. Now, you know, marketers, I can't, you know, stand the fact that like marketers are going to ruin that. Like the the platforms will get because the brands are going to go in and it's going to shift to something else. Oh, like pay to play type. Yeah, like I don't really know exactly where it's going to go because if I did, you know, I'd be a billionaire <laughs> and me and Bezos be hanging out, and, right? You know, things would be peachy. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like it, it headed towards a way to to kind of the way that I've been thinking to get off on a wormhole for a second is the 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 way that platforms are going mm-hmm. is that there's got to be a way to like vet some of the material so that you know that what you're getting is quality i guess is a good way to put it because like there's so much stuff but then it gets weird because part of what i love about the internet and about what i love about like you know youtube is like mm-hmm. youtube wormholes mm-hmm. completely unrelated videos completely but now that's being controlled by computers and oh, algorithms, algorithms and all that and stuff like that yeah. so yeah I, I mean i can get as tinfoily hat as you want on oh that. oh like, and tinfoily hat oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we don't want to i'll start I'll, I'll get over here you know you, i'll have you microwaving your phone by the end of the episode if well you want. <laughs> i mean the big goal with me wanting to do a special was really like just seeing everyone else like creating their own content Try, like, I guess um, you're seeing a lot of comics with specials, but those are like Netflix specials right. and HBO specials, and they're like in this big theater, and they recorded it four times and pieced it together, and like... Yeah, that's what makes it weird, too, is like it's polished, and it's almost like part of what I loved about comedy was a lot of the things that get said in a, a, a comedy setting is kind of off in the shadows and it's kind mm. of a, a conversation that you can have in a free environment. Whereas like when you make it polished, which there's a place for that, like there's the, you know, uh, you know, the greats, there's the Eddie Murphy's, there's the like really well polished cut, like fast paced, like there is that style. But I think there's a lot of comedians that get left behind in a way that they, they'll kill hilarious mm-hmm. in a room or a setting where they're not being filmed or there's not that pressure and that's really in the filmmaking aspect of things that I want to do is I want to create a world when I'm making films that people aren't aware that the camera is on and it's more not to trick them into doing something but to capture what people are doing for real and yeah and that was our big goal with this right. is to film it in a way that is well it's still and the feedback I've gotten already is like it looks incredible. Yeah, like they're yeah. they're like, oh, this is a special. Like you shot it professionally. Right, it's right, like yes, right. but to have that raw, organic, authentic feel, front front pocket, like you're kind of in somebody's pocket, right. viewing viewing right. the the fly on the wall aspect. Yeah, because I think that that's what appeals, especially to the people that are in the like podcast world. Like a lot of what appeals to podcasters or, or people that listen to podcasts is it's that you're kind of like perched on a wall listening. You're not participating actively necessarily. Some podcasts do a good job of doing that. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost an active conversation between 
Uh, I mean, like in the comedian world, Bill Burr it does a great job. Of, it's he, it's literally like your buddies coming in and just pacing back and forth in your living room. Right. Going, you know what really <laughs> bothers me? Like, right. You know, and I got a best friend that I literally compare him to Bill Burr. Like, it's like, uh, and and that is an aspect that I think is coming out in the way that things are accessible now. Like you mm-hmm. talked about people talking about how great it looks. We did that on cameras that we were able to, you know, through my marketing company, we were able to get a hold of, of some pretty mm-hmm. high end cameras. Yeah. But they're not what it used to be twenty years ago where you had to spend twenty thousand dollars exactly just on the equipment. Yeah. Like we were able to get by on stuff that would be considered consumer grade. And I've learned a lot of lessons since then. Oh, we both on have, like yeah. what to have and what not to have like i have a different direction i'm going camera wise this year because uh at the time we were recording they were like everyone in the film industry and everyone kind of in general sometimes now are like hammering away at like 4k 4k 9k 9k like as high as quality that's great and all but for one i've discovered that people can't tell the difference between 4k and 1080 they're just like "Eh, it looks a little bit shinier Mm -hmm. and you're like okay and so like the amount of headache that it gives you and like a side note i don't know if any of your questions uh, that like the editing on 4k i learned so many lessons and i wanted to just destroy (laughs) like cut in the have you you remember the the uh office space episode or office space um the movie movie where the where they take the copier right and that, right bro right. that was playing on repeat in background while i was working <laughs> on stuff of just like the damn it feels good to be a gangster right. and then the other whatever the song is playing they're just, just stomping beating up the i wanted yeah. to do that to my computer so many times and it was a mac and but i was what it was was I was demanding so much out of that 4k computer. is just so much bigger it's it's huge yeah it it's is huge and for the return i don't i mean we yeah we did 4k because we were like yeah that's it. It's well, because well, and we were also thinking, you know, which still it's shot in a raw form that we could, you know, I think we could get it on Netflix if they were interested in purchasing it. Oh, that's it. why. Like, yeah, that's why was, we shot like but, that. But like yeah. we shot it going, oh, industry standard. We want to make it 4K. We want to make it to where it could go on Netflix. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, like when we started thinking about it, and we still have more to learn in that distribution aspect. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that. There was a lot more, and like go full circle. And what I was talking about is that, like, I think that this year I'm definitely gonna focus more on the content and the ease of capturing the content versus the quality of the picture. So, mm-hmm. like, not necessarily 4K. To whereas, if I could get like a, a pro grade camcorder that is five years old that still shoots 1080, still shoots crisps but does way better job at holding autofocus or, um, you know, different things that would help me as a filmmaker, I would err more towards that Mm -hmm. versus us, like, harping on 4K, 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 unless we're sitting at the table with Netflix and they're saying, we want this many episodes, we want this type of season. Makes sense. Like, that way they specifically are telling us this is what we want. Mm-hmm. To where you're not like chasing your tail because it changes and and the technology changes and the things like that and that's one of the big things I learned in this was don't get ahead of yourself on quality like definitely pay attention and get the highest quality you can for your money yeah but like 
it don't live and die on that hill. Yeah, make the content the quality right. aspect. Yeah, right. And right. we we did we did both for this one, but I'm glad we did in terms of like we want the content to be great, but also the quality. So we we learned that many more lessons through the process. And I'll admit that like those Sonys that we were shooting through the weekend that I got to spend with them. I mean, like, the picture that comes just raw through that camera is sexy. <laughs> I, it, it is. It is. I mean, it is It is a very, like, you're sitting there looking at it, and you're like, I would just, I would post this straight to anything, just straight out of the camera. Whereas, good. like, you know, I'll be shooting on, like, I'm not going to throw any brands under the bus, but, you know, I'll be shooting on, like, an older camera, and you're just looking at it going, oof, mm-hmm. hope I can save this. Hope the white balance holds. It right. looks all right. But, you know. Like I said when, before we were recording, I'm not really a gearhead because I'm terrible at details um, when it comes to, like, this. So I take expert advice on that where I can. Yeah. And like, I, that's that's where I, I'm like, so I go in and I tell these guys, you know, this is what I'm shooting, this many cameras, this long, what should I use? And they go, this will probably do you the best. Okay, I like that one. I didn't like that one. And so that's why I like the rental setup mm-hmm. of, like, renting. Time. And we learned, yeah, if you don't know, just Google it. Yeah. I mean, before the, bef- like, a few minutes before the special, wasn't there, like, an issue with a camera? You were having to, like, Google oh. how to... Oh, yeah, that was, um, shout out to my, my wife who, who saved my, my hiney during that, that time period. She caught some, um, wonderful B footage for me because the camera that I was shooting on the first there's like two the way that these were set up is there's like two card slots and the first card slot for the sd card just failed just outright just didn't recognize there was a card there so like i had to google a way to go in and reprogram it like i was on Gosh. reddit like 30 minutes <laughs> on before, yeah like 30 minutes before i god i wish i'll have to go back oh my gosh and maybe before you post this i can find it so that you can put it, their name in the show notes but i can't remember the name of the person that i found on the like reddit thread uh-huh. that i was like oh this is the exact problem i'm having i can like go through the settings and bypass one of them and make it work and then i ended up making that one work and then the camera that i had that was the one that was like camera three so like off to the left Uh uh-huh then the camera i had was uh started overheating about 15 minutes into your set (laughs) and so like it would just like turn off and so like i'm like I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Like, uh, and so I sit there and I pop the battery open, the battery compartment open. And I remembered that it was a Sony. And so it's supposed to be able to run with the, um, straight adapter to the like straight AC power. But Mm -hmm. because these were the brand new a seven threes, they had that connection for the a seven two. So we were having to run off batteries. And so they didn't have the like connector to the walls, but the battery was supposed to be able to last long enough. So what I did was I would take the battery out, and because they were that setup, they can run with the door open. So I would open the door, and I would swap. I had two batteries in my pocket, and I would swap the batteries, and I would sit there with, like, the the cameras cupped in my hand, and I'm, like, <laughs> blowing. I'm, like, 
while recording. While recording. So oh like, my if there's any, if if you noticed in any of the like raw footage when we were editing, I had to edit a little bit where it looked like your right hand cameraman, the handheld cameraman, was getting mugged mm-hmm. occasionally because <laughs> I was like having to like swap batteries and like hold him up. Oh and the my. whole time I'm looking over my shoulder at your friend Stephen Fine mm-hmm. that did a the the wonderful job on the on the the quarter shot three quarter shot yeah. and then my wife was in the back shooting the long shot i kept looking over my shoulder looking at them and like they didn't look panicked so i assumed their cameras were working the way that they were supposed to oh and i was gosh. just for the entire special basically freaking out that like i was like i just all the camera we didn't get any of that Ooh. we're gonna because we had had the moment with the camera the small camera that was the audience camera that didn't yep. get set up yeah so i was like we just we just blew this whole thing and it's it's all just not going the way that I planned. And then, like, I got into the edit, and I was able to calm some of my And fears. it all worked out. But that is, yeah. the, that that raw aspect of it, though, is the unexpected. Right. Me walking out the first time, and that camera's not set up, and we're like, oh, well, hold on, let's reset. It's all We leave it all in the special, too, which I forget my jokes at one point. We leave it in the special. Like, our goal was... First off, I don't want people to listen to this and think it's not funny or good. This is 10 years of me working at comedy. It's all I funny. I genuinely like laughed every time I edited the the went through the edit. Like, oh. Every time I put it together, each punchline that was like you know, funny, especially the ones that got left in that were the ones that I'd watched you work on mm-hmm. the whole time. Like there's still ones that make me chuckle. I mean, there's still like after watching it, you know, a hundred some odd times, like there's still I still chuckle at some of those, and so like I I think that that's a an accomplishment. In it I agree. Yeah, I appreciate that. And man. everyone I've showed it to has audibly laughed. Okay, good. At at some point or another, you connected with every single person that I put I put it in front of so many demographics mm-hmm. in my like little circle that are like, yeah, that's that's hilarious. Awesome. So like. That's a shameless plug for you. you I can, appreciate that. You can that. cut that little it's part out. It's funny, yeah. Slap that up on the Instagram. <laughs> That's going to be the tagline. Joel Byers Comedy Special. It's funny. It's, it's, it's funny. I bet they they would be interested to know, yeah, the exact setup. So um, what cameras did we end up using? Okay, the cameras, if I remember exactly correct, they were the Sony A7III's mm-hmm. uh, that had just come out, and um, they're, the, they're the mirrorless DSLRs that Sony has. Uh, I don't remember the lens now that I think about it. It was a 50... F- it was one of the variant lenses that are... F- I think it was a Sony lens that was... Um, Maybe f- 50, 50 to 30, I think. So okay. like 50 millimeter to 30 millimeter, mm-hmm. I think it was what it was. And then the and then when we shot all the behind-the-scenes stuff, that was shot on uh, uh, the little cool DJI Osmo Pocket. Mm-hmm. And that's like a little handheld gimbal. And then we shot on a Canon Rebel. And then we shot on a Canon 7D. Cool. And that, uh, yeah, that, that DJI camera we used for the vlog, and also um, that was like our audience shot. That was the audience shot. That was to the get audience the, shot. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And your ideas evolved through your comedy special, too. Like, at first we were like, maybe we'll have a GoPro up top, and they were like, oh, right. the DJI would look cool, like, at audience level instead of, like, being perched up and, like, trying to, pretty much we created a diamond in, so the venue holds right. about, 
the venue, the basement theater, was actually the first place that ever headlined me. So I wanted to shoot it there because I thought it'd be a cool piece of the story. And it held, um, was it 60 people? We, I mean, we like max capacity did. Yeah, you were max. Like, I think we only took one person out. I think it was. For the, yeah. I think it was 50. I think it was 60 people, but we ended up with 56 seats total. Okay. Is what it was. But, like, honestly, the the way that it filmed, it it really felt like a much larger venue to yeah, me in the I edit. I thought it was going to feel claustrophobic in the edit, and it didn't. Yeah, but I'm, I think that had to do with the crop shot that we shot as opposed to being all the way out. Mm-hmm. We brought it in with those lights being the thing. Yeah, so the that border. was the kind of, like, filmmaker kind of decision to, to kind of frame you. Yeah, we had... So we had like a diamond where on the stage there was that DJI camera to, um, I guess, to my left, if I'm looking out the audience, to my left is you with a handheld camera. Right. That was the handheld that we were just running on the Sony. Right. And then straight back, middle, middle back of the room, your wife is on another. On the full shot. On the full wide shot. Right. The, on the sticks. I learned the term the, on the sticks. sticks on the, the sticks, that's the so tripod, technical. the sticks. So she had, yeah, the Sony. Everyone was using Sony's, the A7 III's. Right, right, but right. um, and then my friend Stephen Fine, a director out in L.A., flew in to be a camera operator right. on this special, and he was holding a um a three quarter shot, three quarter shot to the right yeah. of me on another set of sticks. On another set of sticks. To get yeah. technical there. Yeah, yeah. Te- Speaking of technical, and and to plug him real quick, that I, I watched his movie. Yeah, Love Shot. Love Shot. Yeah, bro, that was a good movie. It's on Netflix. That was an incredible movie. Yeah, yeah Netflix, Amazon, the, all that. The people need to check that. He's out. He's legit for the culture. Yeah, he's legit. Yeah, he's my uh, he's my Larry David. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna do big things. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So when we when we were recording this, the the behind the scenes thing, when, mm-hmm. when we came up with that, like I had had that process, thought process, but was that something you had thought about doing before? Yeah, I wanted to document as much of it as possible. Right. I what's great about that idea though is it evolved into us documenting a specific joke. Yeah, that's where that really got deep into yeah. like watching. And I didn't really realize it until I saw the whole thing develop out. Yeah. Was that at the end, like, you could really pick the jokes that you were like, wow, these are the ones that, these are his pillars. Like, you can see how you constructed it and how you built it and how it was, it was really, like, interesting to watch. Because, I don't know, I mean, like, it's, it was kind of fascinating to watch when you wrote it and then to hear the difference between you know, I don't know if you want any spoilers. Ah, like, that's fine. But the ro- like the first time you wrote it, like when you wrote it out and you heard, okay, you've really thought about these words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of like showing, kind of like with my podcast, how I was like, I just wanted to create a podcast that I wanted to listen to. Right. The same thing with this special is like, I want to do a special that I wish existed, which is like a, a great funny comedy special that's well done but then also like how was this special made how did these yeah. jokes develop so yeah. the, like the behind the scenes vlog oh i thought of the word vlogumentary last night what do you think of that i like that a vlogumentary did i use that before i didn't google it i just thought of it <laughs> i didn't google it i didn't check it's okay they're reading your thoughts it's it. already been there <laughs> it's already been there they're reading it vlogumentary but it to really show like just Okay, how does a comedian take a joke for the first time, and then how does he get it ready for a comedy special? And we yeah. really did a good. I mean, in my opinion, I think we did a great job documenting the evolution of a joke. 
th- I think I think the only thing that I didn't get was I wasn't like hovering above you and your wife one night when you like woke up and were like, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I've always wanted to be there for the Apple moment, for the, the for, for the Isaac Newton, like, thunk, aha, right, gravity. Right. Like, yeah. like, I want to be there for the Apple and gravity moment. Like. And I'm sure there's an actual term for that. But, but I think it's true that, like you said, I didn't un- I didn't know what it was until we got it all together. Yeah. And I think that's important yeah. for anyone listening is to, like, you don't need to have all the answers up front. Like, just have an idea and just start it. That's kind of how I live my life. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I got one of the, which I, my wife was laughing at me the other day because she had allowed me to listen to Joe Rogan while we were driving on a road trip. And they were they were making they were making fun of I can't remember what who was on but they were making it was him and a chick, and I think it was a girl that was a, a com- comedian mm-hmm. that was on there recently, and they were making fun of people that buy ironic T-shirts. My family gives me ironic T-shirts. Like I've had like I was one of those kids in high school that I had the T-shirt that said it's okay or I live in my own little world and it's okay they know me. Here. Mm-hmm. I was that guy. So I've got a T-shirt that I got for this Christmas that says that sounds like a terrible idea. What time? <laughs> okay. That's kind of how I operate. Are you saying my special was a terrible idea? No, 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 no. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. That was completely misinterpreted. No. No, I was uh, just kidding. I'm a comedian. It was a joke. Ha ha. They yeah. are jokes. Yeah. They are jokes. But the, the behind the scenes thing, like mm-hmm. catching the, watching what you thought was dying on stage and there was genuine laughter still during that. I found that interesting, like watching you walk out to the car and be like, I quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, and that's not enough people show that range. And that's why you get these, you know, not to slide off onto a serious subject, but like you get these comedians and actors and people that end up feeling alienated and, and feeling like they're alone in these things because, you know, a lot of doing cool things is failure. Yeah, and like documenting that failure is something that I haven't really seen until you see the, you know, expose on you know sixty minutes, and it's almost like after the fact, after Pryor's run down the street with his hair on fire. There's no during, like there hasn't really been a documentation of like in the middle of it, in the thick of it, just like keep the camera rolling, keep seeing the 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 good, the bad, the ugly, like how how it feels and. I would like to see, you know, from my aspect, I would like to do more like this, do more of mm-hmm. these, and almost go in a direction that, like, you don't know I'm filming a special. Like, you and I have an agreement where, like, you're filming a special, but, like, it might, I might film it on a Tuesday night, I might film it on a Thursday night, but I'm there all the time with the camera, and, you know, that's how you capture that mm-hmm. magic, and you capture that. You know, there's guys out there that are kind of doing this already. You know, there's guys that are doing this kind of capturing the the magic of comedy that, like, is what attracts people to it in the first place. Yeah, Andrew Schultz is killing yeah, it right exactly now. That's exactly who I was system. thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's Did you guys see him this weekend? He was in town, I found out. I, oh, I was out of town all weekend. I, I, was, I was in Columbia. I was filming it at an MMA event, and my friend of mine went to the wrong place. Mm-hmm. It was like... Hey, did you know Andrew Schultz was in town this weekend? I was like, no, I did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was booked in Columbia all weekend, or I would have, um, I definitely would have pulled up. The the road world was interesting to me. Uh, that's something mm-hmm. I had never seen before. Like, was it something that you dove straight into? 
No, I mean, getting out on the road took a lot of time. I mean, I really honestly didn't start getting consistent road work until probably nine years in, in terms of, because you followed me around to like two road gigs in a row, like two weeks in a row. So, I mean, that kind of work didn't come until probably nine years in. Up to that point, it had been like, oh, let me drive 12 hours for $50 right. on this Wednesday night or, you But know. is that just for stage time? Like, so for people that are trying to, like, make their way in, I mean, are you doing that for stage time? Yeah, and, exper- and the experience and the, of just okay, performing. Just the around experience, who you might meet there. Exactly. That type of, okay. And yeah. that, just that, that 12 hour drive, just that example, I went up with Ronnie Jordan, who then, on that trip, I came up with the idea for Hot Breath. So it all worked out. And it was with, I mean, Ronnie Jordan's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. So just to get to ride with him just that long, I knew I would learn something. So it's all, the road work mainly came from like a friend being like, hey, I have this gig. Do you want to do it for, you know, not much money, but you'll get to perform outside of your city. Right. But the road doesn't have to be 12 hours. It could be two hours to the next town over, you know I mean? And that's considered the road, you know, it's all... I encourage all comedians to get outside of their scene as much as possible just so they don't get in their comfort zone and they just it keeps it exciting and new. Yeah, I think that that was something that interesting that I noticed during the time that I was hanging out with you and like filming you was that like you didn't want to lean on and that's something that I noticed in the the comedy community was like you didn't want to lean on what was your old material or mm-hmm. what you had been doing like you wanted to do something that was new and something yeah. that was that was what was interesting was i was watching you I, I think you came up with the concept of the like overall joke from the trophy husband stuff like as we met like i think that you were developing that thought process and so like you genuinely in the special and the behind the scenes see you start from like this is my thought and then you go in the coffee shop and you're like you know here it is yeah exactly <laughs> but then it it was cool you know what my favorite part of the process captured as well is us reviewing the set as well so it's like seeing the jokes like hearing about the the start of the idea like how this idea came to be showing it on stage and then showing the reflection cuz that's something more community need to do is actually record their sets and like review what happened and how they can make it better next time so mm-hmm. I didn't even, because as you watch the vlogumentary, hashtag vlogumentary, you start to see the premise of the joke evolve as well. So I'm like, this joke is about A, and then as I do it more and more, I'm like, no, it's actually about B, and this is the funniest part of it. Yeah. So crying wasn't even the initial idea, but that became the core of the joke, is me having to build to this moment where I cried. Yeah. It was after the Irish place, wasn't it, that we were like, you need to cry. And you, yeah, and you were like, you just need to go there. Yeah. You're like, you just need to cry. And I was like, you're, as soon as you said it, I was like, that is exactly it. Yeah. I do need to like cry, but I need to build up this anticipation to me crying so that I can misdirect it. Right, right. Because like then, I think that you got multiple laughs off of people weren't really sure, and this is like a good thing, weren't really sure what to laugh at. Like, were you crying because you were relieved? Mm-hmm. Were you crying? So they're kind of like, ha, 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 mm-hmm. and, and then like as it goes further, they get further into the laughter, and they're like, oh, this is this is funny, and like this yeah. is like because I mean I was just in a wedding uh, last weekend. It was my best friend from high school got married, and um, it was. 
it, there was there's so many comedic moments in a wedding, and like mm-hmm. I don't know how many other than your own that you've been in, but like there's I mean all the way from the the I don't know if you can say this word anymore, but the 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 wedding Nazi, wedding Nazi. You've never heard that term. I'm, I mean I'm white, it's, but I'm not that white. <laughs> I don't know. It's called it's called it's called a uh, it's a term of endearment almost. Really, it's the the person that comes in there. And is like holding their hand out and being like, no, come. And being like, you know, you can't, we, we had to cross our hands certain ways. And I, I was, this was in a Catholic church and oh. I was not raised Catholic. And so I did not know any of the, you know. Oh, I don't know. I didn't know any of the motions I was supposed to be doing. So I was trying to just watch people and just, you know. I've never sure been to a wedding to that right had things. Nazis in it, but. No. <laughs> well. Anyways, there's they try to keep people on track so uh-huh. they don't get off off subject. Yeah, every every wedding's wedding. different. That's why I thought mine would be funny to talk about just because it was on April Fool's Day. Cuz that's I a did real get thing, booed. right? Yeah, all of it's true. Yeah, all of that is true. Like and that all, all really happened. True. Yeah. And I and it was fun to even like up till the night before the special I like found a new tag for it. So it was just the evolution every single show you just got to continue to edit and adjust and Mm -hmm. i'm hoping it shows comics just the amount of work that goes into like creating a joke right and i'm not under the illusion that if i gave myself more time the joke wouldn't get better but i think in three weeks i made it sufficiently good and it killed and it actually ends in an applause break so no yeah i succeeded in getting it done but it it's um starts off as hey here's me rambling for seven minutes and then it ends up being well and then <laughs> like it's at the very beginning at the start of your uh, of the special or of the behind the scenes there's the part that you're talking about the fact that you're going into like a storyteller and like I saw that evolution in the short time that I spent mm, with you yeah of like you have it's one of those things I mean you 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 address it in uh, a lot of your stand up is you have to address the fact that you're in Atlanta doing comedy and you look like the default white guy. Right. That's the first thing that we pointed out when you and I were first hanging out is like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a white avatar. Like, yeah, Tony Hawk, like you're the blank. Right. Like I'm the one that I've been trying to dress myself like my Tony Hawk pro skater (laughs) ever since I was a kid. I'm just the mannequin. You're you're the the starting point. Mm -hmm. So, but you're in these rooms that that you kind of have to earn their respect. Mm-hmm. So you have those jokes that work in those rooms, mm-hmm. and you address it in the special. You talk about the fact that like you started out in the rooms that people set back and said, mm-hmm, all right, let's see what this white boy yeah, got to say. Strip clubs and all that. <laughs> yeah, dude. And rough. so like you see that material, and then like you earn that trust, and then in what I got out of this whole special is that, the experiences, white, black, Mexican, different color, different heritage, whatever, the experience is very similar. And you can mm-hmm. laugh at the same experiences because although they're a little bit different, they're very much the same in the fact that, like, the point, like I said earlier, like the point where you got to crying. Right. Everybody cries at a wedding for some reason or another. <laughs> so it, the funny part is, is like, what part are they crying about? Right, yeah. And so, like, the, I think that that's where it kind of connects on a whole thing. And I might be going way too deep. Too. No, that like, makes sense. That's, that's kind of yeah. like, but as I edited, that's kind of what I pulled from it and what I got from it. And, you know, those are the things that you learn and you see in filmmaking of, 
you know, this is why you end up with three different edits. Because, mm-hmm. like, you'll get something from it, and you'll get this different angle, and it kind of, the edit is what builds the story. Really. For sure, yeah. And so, like, for the people that you're talking about that are the, the you know, comedians or the filmmakers or the people that are wanting to make something like this, make it all the way to the edit. Keep shooting. Just keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you think it's going to trash, like, even if you think aren't, things aren't going the way that you planned it or you're, you're not... Um, you know, a lot of the, the the work that I've been doing lately revolves around the fight world. The guys that you may be filming or yourself even may not win. So, like, what's the spin there? Where's the story? Where's the Because there's further things that can go, and I think that I learned a lot of that on what we were doing of if you just keep it rolling, it'll form a story itself, especially if you're doing. Yeah, and I started with an idea for the special in terms of, like, I wanted to call it the trophy husband, but this evolved over... Me reflecting on, like, and I think it's important for comics to, like, what is, what are you trying to convey with this? What story are you telling with your special? You know, so I knew I had a bunch of different material, but it's like, how does this form into a story? And on the surface, it may not seem like it does, but as you start to organize it and you start to put, oh, let me open up with this joke. Oh, never mind. That joke should go third and the third joke should go eighth and the eighth joke should go first. As soon as you start to piece it together as a complete set, yeah, then you start to see the story and maybe the theme of your special. So what makes it a, a, a set as far as that was something that was curious to me is like, what makes you decide that order? Is it rhythm or is it a combination of kind of does that make sense yeah for me it was almost just like mine was more chronological okay. to a certain degree where it was because it was a story yeah it had like to happen story. in order, order. Yeah. yeah yeah and a, yeah a lot of it is like here's where i'm from here's where i went to college here's how i met my wife and how we got married and then Here's the jobs I've had along the way to get to become where I am and the things I've gone through in comedy to um, it ends on a joke my wife told me not to do. (laughs) But what really sparked kind of my interest in like, okay, what is the story of this is when I interviewed Mikey Winfield, who he he had released a special on Amazon, but he had independently released like two others. And his specials are like, it was funny, his fans noticed his specials are like different chapters of his life. So like mm-hmm. one special almost leads into the next. So I was like, that would be a cool way to do a that's special. Exactly. That's exactly what I was noticing when we were working yeah. together. And we've, yeah. So yeah. I, I put, and I think that's important because there are so many specials is to, if it's a comedian wanting to do a special, it's like, okay, how am I going to make mine unique? And a good way to do that is to like tell your own story or do it in a different way. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure... I didn't just throw out a special. I threw yeah. out an experience for people, and it has a unique, captivating kind of story behind it as opposed to here's a sequence of a lot of funny jokes. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not saying the sequence of a lot of funny jokes is that's, wrong, but, but that's putting hard. that extra thought, I think putting the extra thought into it is how comedians trying to do it themselves are going to stand out from all the static of other specials is if yeah. they put in that extra thought of like, how can I make this unique and it hasn't been done before? Well, and I think that, like, there's the, I mean, of course there's, like, the Dangerfields that, you know, can come out and bah, 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 Of course. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, but, yeah, Like, there's that type of jokes. But then, like, I was always more attracted to when I really started to get into comedy, 
I mean, my all-time favorite is Hicks. Like, mm-hmm. So, like, I really got into comedy, like, with Carlin and Hicks and, like, deeper than just the jokes. Right. And that's where I see kind of you as a comedian evolving. Like I was saying earlier, you have the quick whippums to respond to your appearance because you got put through those fires of, of going through the tough rooms and the tough, hard, hard crowds mm-hmm. that you can, you have your quicks, but now you're kind of evolving to be able to tell a story in a way that it all kind of interconnects. And that's what I mean is like, yeah. if you go back and watch Hicks work, like there's an incredible uh, documentary out there about his, uh, that his family did, like the foundation that his family started that like talks about all of his work leading up to his death. Oh, whoa. And okay. it's, it's on Amazon prime. Cool. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, uh, I mean, if you just type in Bill Hicks, yeah. you'll find some of it, but like, and all of his specials are on there now too. So like, uh, I'm a huge Hicks fan. Of course. No, there's but Bill Hicks is one yeah, of the best. Yeah. And so like, um, but like his, his, his speech about, you know, life being a ride is one thing that like, I really kind of, a lot of my projects kind of hinge on that of, mm-hmm. of the, the concept of it's a ride. And yeah. you know, like some of the stuff on my podcast is, uh, some of the voiceovers that are in the music of my podcast is him giving that speech. Oh, okay. And so like, sounds like a copyright issue to me. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's, the words spoken Plead the of fifth. Oh, okay. His, of, of the, that speech. And it, the, that concept of the the um, the ride being a tire for all of his work has been interesting to me all along. And mm-hmm. so, like seeing your stuff as you're like becoming a storyteller is really fascinating. If you could have like you know been on a fly on the wall for that instance, so like I think that this is one of those moments where like as you continue to build your works yeah this is going to tell a story that like you couldn't really capture afterwards i agree that's why i wanted to do it this moment 10 years in it's kind of like this is like a benchmark mm. kind of planting the flag on my 10-year mark and then moving forward mm-hmm. which i think a comedian of any level even if your goal like, I want to inspire comics, I mean, film their own special or just to take action in whatever they've been delaying. So it may be recording an album. It may be doing that that road gig that you haven't been proactive about finding. It's just, like, inspiring comics to take action in whatever that means to them at this point in their career. For me, 10 years in, it was, okay, I want to become known as a great comedian. What do they have? Great comedians have a comedy album, and then boom, we meet, and you're like, "No, we're doing a comedy special." It's kind of like how my but it's a comedy special album. It, you'll be able vlogumentary. to vlogumentary. Vlogumentary. <laughs> yeah, it's it, this is a historic moment in comedy history for the culture. Boom, we out here. So comics, feel free to reach out to us with any questions as well. Um, did you have any questions? Before I read, um, uh, some people posted on I Facebook. I think I've posed most of my questions for you. Nice. Um, well, we've yeah. I mean, if anything pops up, but we had some comics posting. Yeah, on, what were some on of the different Facebook groups? Because I yeah, I mean, you know, I'm all about helping comics. So, any What's questions the buzz y'all out have? there for you? The buzz, like for for the the comics, like what are they talking about with your special now that like what's the reaction you're getting? I mean, people are really. People love the trailer. 
Yeah. People really dig really? the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. People are really digging the trailer because it's like, it's just another thing we had was just like all this extra B-roll that wasn't just a c comic walking out on the stage and killing for an hour. It's kind of like we're b backstage a little bit. My wife and dog are there, you know, and then like the host, Tyler, who we started with way back. I started way back in the day. My, my wife was actually like, are you sure you want him to open for you? She's like, because she thinks he's funnier than me. But he's on <laughs> Wild and Out now, but just like everything that happened with him at the beginning like when yeah there's just there's a lot of funny moments we were able to capture and infuse into the special that made it more almost more like a movie than just a straight up comedy special like i really think people are starting to play with the format of the comedy special yeah and the idea this is this is a fun um note that just popped in my head and when I talk about like comics just start, just have an idea and let it evolve yeah. organically as opposed to ha needing all the answers up front. I remember my idea initially was to, I always wanted it to have a bunch of B-roll and storytelling and documentary style. But the idea initially was to like film, like show some of the special and then cut into some like footage of me with my wife or something or mm -hmm. me talking about how that joke came to be and kind of going in and out of the yeah. special. Yeah. And then... Judd Apatow and Gary Goleman released this special right. that goes in and out of the special. And I was like, oh, we're on the right track. We're yeah. thinking in the same plane as someone like Gary Goleman and Judd Apatow. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, mm, that's not it anymore. Because right. if, I, if I see something, I'm at a point now, if I see something, it's too late. Like yeah. if I see it happen, I'm like, it's too late. I don't want to try to replicate it. But it was, yeah, I've had moments like that. Yeah. Where I've had a joke that then I heard on Daily Show or something. And I'm like, oh, cool. I don't do that joke anymore, but it's cool. I'm thinking. So the same thing with the special. It evolved from like this documentary going in out of a special to now. It has just this behind the scenes stuff woven at the beginning and end. But then there's this vlogumentary around it. So it's it evolves, but I'm, I couldn't be happier with it, really. Where do you think jokes come from? Like when you come up with a joke... Is it is it something that you think was already there in your head, or is it like some sort of thing out there? I think Bob Dylan once said that like when he was writing songs, like he was tuned into something that he was catching something, and then when he would hear a song replayed, he'd be like, "That's not me. That was somebody else who wrote that song." I'm pretty sure that's Bob Dylan. I may be completely murdering that. That may not be what he said. I, I may be making that up completely. I don't know, but I do like how you asked a profound question and then completely just dejected it before I could even <laughs> like give it a proper its proper due but, <laughs> credibility. As soon as you're like, I'm like, that's a good question. But, then you're like, but that's dumb, and I shouldn't have even said no, anything. But, like, I'm I'm, I'm, no, but I'm just making sure that if somebody's sitting there just like pounding away on Google going, wait a minute, you oh. never said that. I'll be like, I may have just made that up, but that is my question. Like, is there something that you're tuned into that makes you find that joke? Well, I think it's called a sense of humor for a reason. I mean, I look at humor as like the sixth sense, you know, and I feel like comedians just have, are more aware, more tuned into it. Just like some people see better than others or some people hear better. I think comedians tap into their sense of humor better. So you're either born with it or you ain't. Either you funny or you ain't, is what you're no, saying. I mean, I think comedy is to a degree like anyone can learn to play a guitar because there's technique 
and okay. form behind comedy at its core. Okay. Anyone can learn to play guitar to a certain degree, but not everyone's going to be Bob Dylan, you know. Right. So I right. think you don't. You're not going to be Hendrix, like you. Could, yeah. Like now, Hendrix was just Hendrix, and then he was handed a guitar, and then ah. But yeah. I, I yeah, and you, I think yeah. I think there's like there's tips and techniques and formulas people can use to like structurally be funny. But yeah, there's only one Dave Chappelle. Right. You know, we're all playing right. the same game, but you know, what do you there's think, people. What that, do you think that is, though? What is it? What is it that they have there? I, it's just if you knew you'd be Dave born. Chappelle. I mean, it's just born. I mean, I still got time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What Chappelle show when he was 22? Yeah, I still got time to be 22 with a. Yeah, TV but so show. like Chappelle is one of those that you hear stories about that like he was funny. Regardless of what was going on around him, like yeah. he he was that guy that like he was funny on the street. I mean, you I don't know if you've heard the stories where like he would just you know hold an audience in yeah. Central Park back before he was discovered, just mm-hmm. as like a seventeen year old kid, just being funny. Yeah, I think people. I mean, yeah, some people can kick a football far. Some people can punch really hard. Some people are just really funny. Yeah, it's like I think it's just. We all are born with different abilities, and some people are just born with that ability to be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're 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 a, a, a what is it? Nature nurture. So nature kind of person when it comes to comedy, that you're you're born with it. I think you're born to be great at I it. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Anybody, yeah. but I mean, you know, you you you've been a fan of comedy your whole life, and yeah. you did that. Yeah. You did a set. Oh, I did a set. And I did a set, like, and I'm gonna oh, do. I'm going to do more, but it is very different. Like you get up there and you go. You forget basic functions and like <laughs> I, I for it's funny because like in fighting yeah you're a fighter yeah I'm you, an MMA fighter and you yeah you've been in cages with people fighting and then Basically stand naked. up you're like yeah. you forget uh, functions but the same thing happens in fights like you'll hear guys in corners that are yelling to their fighter like I used to train with a guy that the biggest thing we used to have to yell to him is breathe. Yeah. Remember to breathe. And like you would, you'll forget the most basic because you're in fight or flight and you forget how terrifying, like how that, that's some people's like worst fear. Right. Is getting up and like all Mm -hmm. the attention being on them. And like you forget how bad that is till you try to do it. And like I said, I went up there and I had the thought that like, because I write all the time and like being a fan of comedy, like I've always like, toyed in the joke writing you know and i'll tell jokes to my wife and i'll hear boo mm-hmm. you know right, 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 right. <laughs> and that's how i know it's funny if she boos it really hard i'm like <laughs> yeah that one's funny <sighs> but um so like i had like my little set written out and i went up and um hit that first wall of silence and it hurt <laughs> And then, like, I look down and I, I go, okay, go back to the jokes. I go back to the jokes and then forget how to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, like, skipping every other word. And then, like, I make eye contact with one guy. And, like, the one guy I made eye contact with, I could tell that he was sitting there just being like, it's cool, homie, but this is a burning plane. This is a burning plane. So I ramble off another five minutes and then I'm like, I'm done. Bye. Thank you. Yep. First time. Bye. So I'm going to do it again. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, like, there's mad respect for the people that are able to do that. And to go up and just tell a story like that is hard. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. For it to make sense and for it to, I mean, even in, like, this conversation here, there's been a couple times where I've, like, gone off on a wormhole and had to, like, find myself and bring myself back. And to reel it in. But. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, if if it was easy, everyone would do it. Because everyone. That's true. At some degree, everyone thinks they're funny or everyone. 
at some point has been like, you're funny, you should be a comedian or something. They're like, yeah, I should yeah, be. But I then when you be. actually get up there, you're like, oh, this oh, is not funny. This is different. Or there's a point, did it make it in the beginning? I, I know there's a point where you said this and you were sitting in a group, uh, or no, it was you and uh, one of the openers when you were in South Carolina, right? Was that a place we were In at? Greenville? In Greenville, Greenville yes. North yeah, Carolina. Yeah. yeah. North Carolina? Is that where we were? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or South Carolina. Is that a comedy zone in Greenville? Greenville. Was it South Carolina? I think it was South Carolina. Okay. If it was North Carolina, we would have tried. I would try to get up with my cousins that live. Well, there. then we were doing South Carolina. Yeah, we were in South Carolina. Okay. Uh, anyways, we see it's all a blur. But um, y'all were sitting there talking, and you were talking about the fact that like there's one thing to do it in a place like that that's like nice. There's people there. They're laughing. They're fun. It's another thing to go tell jokes to three drunks that didn't know they were gonna be there and mm-hmm. didn't know comedy was happening on a Tuesday night. Yeah, like that's an entirely. And I hadn't seen that contrast yet until the time I spent with you, and that was pretty interesting to like sit in the room full of comics that you hear the ba in the back, and that's the only person laughing. Right. Everyone else is like, move on. That's why I'm excited that we were able to capture all those different comedy environments. Like yes. the open mics, the, the or even just like the rough open mics versus a open mic with a good audience yeah. versus like comedy clubs yeah. just to show what comedians go through. I'm it's really hoping difference. it creates a whole appreciation just for what we as comedians go through because a lot of people don't know. And I'm not going to sacrifice him on your podcast, but I did, while you were on the road, get to see someone, like, truly die a death. I had never seen someone <laughs> die a million deaths. <laughs> he Twice. Twice. And, and and went back with the exact same exact material same. that bombed the first exact time. Exact same. So, like, I felt not bad for him after the second time because I was like, bro, you didn't pay attention, did you? And, th- yeah, this was, like, a big room. Yeah. Like, it was a big room, not an open yeah. mic. So, like, that was fascinating to watch that happen. And then, like, it was also fascinating to watch the, like, it fall on your head where then, like, you had to save that I'll part of the show. Him. Yeah. And have to deal with it to lead into somebody who killed later. Mm-hmm. So, like, you had to set that guy up or else that would have been a rough ride for everybody for another right. two hours. Yep. Like, if it had gone right back and you just kept ramming in the same, like, oh. Yeah, and that's the thing with, because I was actually featuring that weekend, and um, the guy who wasn't, who bombed was doing a guest spot. So it's usually, like, the, the host tees it up, the feature just rides that wave, and then the headliner just closes it home. Right. But he, the host set it up, the guest spot came and just crashed it all down. <laughs> it was bad. And then it was kind of like, yeah, going up there and just having to kind of reset the room. But that was kind of fun. Like I said, oh, like, yeah. I, like honestly on that episode, I've thought about leaving some of that in. Like, like I said, I'm not trying to like crucify the guy because I'm sure that he had enough right. on that ride. But like. I, I to watch that play out and to know like and I hope that guy like continues on and like he like learns and bounces back. No, oh, yeah. But like that's what I've always said in my filmmaking like what really influenced me to go into a direction of a filmmaker was to the skateboarding and watching people fail over mm-hmm. and over. That's what made it cool. And so part of what makes this documentary style to me that I personally enjoyed was seeing the failure, seeing how hard it is, because like you said, if it was easy, everybody'd do it. Yeah, I agree. And that is important, yeah, to for keep that in mind that when people bomb, I mean, every, no one's immune to bombing, and I don't make fun of 
other comedians. Like if no. if I respect anyone that gets up there, yeah, yeah. And you never know who is going to be who when people right. have bombed for fifteen years and then all of a sudden figured it out and they just swing and, and then, connect, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then now they're like, oh, I figured yeah. out how to be how I'm funny. Yeah. And here I am now as one of the funniest people. And finding your voice, I'm sure, is one of the most difficult parts. Oh, I've interviewed people 20 years into the game who are like, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, so I well, mean. Well, if you're good at it, you're recreating that all the time, too. Exactly. Like, it's, I think that that's kind of the draw that I hear from guys like you of like, you know, part of that draw is being able to recreate yourself over and over and over and exactly. over Exactly. Yeah. And just evolve and grow. So that's why I'm excited to get this this special to be out. So it's kind of like the next chapter of my life. Oh, you have a special. The, the special's coming out. The, what, the special's when, out. When is it coming out? The special was released February 1st, my 10-year comedy anniversary. You can get it at joelbyerscomedy.com. Releasing it all independently. Produced it all myself to inspire other comics to invest in themselves. And it's 10 years of work distilled into a 45-minute comedy special. And you can go on the Joel Byers YouTube to watch the vlogumentary that traces all of what we talked about through that, all the trial and error of a joke to get it ready for a comedy special. There it is, hot brethren and sistren. It is now time. Go to joelbyerscomedy.com. Check out my comedy special and let me know what you think. I genuinely want to know what you think of the special. It was 10 years in the making. It was a labor of love, and I always love hearing from you about what you thought of the special. And next week, we will have the part two of our live Q&A we did. But until then, right here on Hot Breath. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.